Today, we're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount. And, you know, this month, we're looking at the theme of the Bible. And so, you know, last week, Tanya shared a bit of an Old Testament overview. And Tanya talked about how the nation of Israel actually split into two nations, that some tribes went and were part of the nation of Israel, and some tribes split and became part of the nation of Judah. And she was talking about exile. And she, there was a lot of amazing things in Tanya's message last week. I would encourage you to go back and have a listen to it. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how our knowledge of the word of God shouldn't lead us to be puffed up like the Pharisees were, but it should lead to an increase of faith in our lives and an increase of relationship with God. And today I want to kind of build on that message that I preached a couple of weeks ago. And so we're going to be looking primarily in Matthew chapter 5, so you can flick there if you want to pull it open. We're going to jump around a little bit in Matthew 4, 5, and 6. But today I want to be talking through the Sermon of the Mount, but I want to talk about this thought, the bread of life, the bread of life. In Matthew 4, verse 4, it says, Jesus is answering to the devil. This is when he's been led into the wilderness. He's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the tempter comes to him and he says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him and said, and this is in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man does not live on bread alone, but lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching out of John chapter one, and I was talking about how the word of God became living, the word of God became flesh. So the word was actually the Greek word, it was logos. And so the, the word of God became flesh, and it became flesh in Jesus. And so here, Jesus is answering the devil saying, man does not live on bread alone, but lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. These scripture, this Bible that you hold in your hand or on your phone is spoken. It is a word that has come from the mouth of God. It's been written through man, but it's come from the mouth of God. And so, and so this is the bread that Christ is talking about. So I want to ask you a question to get us started. And it's a question that I'm going to stop and let you think about for a second. But the question is, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? Stop and think about that for a second. Think about what satisfies you. Are you satisfied? See, we live in a day and age that it's really easy to satisfy ourselves. We have instant, we have instant entertainment at the click of a finger. My phone just turned on without me even touching a button. I can put my finger on the fingerprint sensor. I can click on... Netflix, don't have it on my phone, but I could click on Netflix and I could pull up a show right now and be watching Friends in 20 seconds. We live in a day and an age where information is at our fingertips, where entertainment is just a click away. And there are so many things in our lives that fill us. When you were thinking about the question, are you satisfied and and what satisfies you? Was the word of God part of what satisfies you? Was the word of God part of the equation? I asked myself this this week as I was preparing. And on Wednesday, the answer was yes. Thursday lunchtime, the answer was no. Friday, the answer was no again because I was stressed out with uni. And then yesterday, I was like, oh, the word of God is satisfying me today. You know, in, in Matthew 6, 
Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray and he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins and our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us. But Christ taught the disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. We all know, I hope we all know that Christ isn't talking about bread that we eat. That would be pretty amazing if he was, that we would pray for bread to eat, but he's not talking about bread to eat. He's talking about man doesn't live on bread alone, but he lives on the word of God. He feeds on the word of God. And so the question, are we satisfied? Hopefully we would all answer yes, that we are satisfied. But the most important part of the equation is that the word of God is part and the sole reason for satisfaction. The spoken word of God. In Matthew 5, we're going to start reading from the Beatitudes. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people who insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This monologue, this this message from Christ is filled with so, so, so much wisdom. I would need like, five weeks straight just talking about the Sermon on the Mount to go through it all and just the depth of the wisdom that's in it. I would encourage you, read the Sermon on the Mount. Read Matthew 5 through to Matthew 7 when you get a chance. There is so much good in there. Christ starts the Sermon on the Mount with eight Beatitudes. Blessed are you who's poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. And blessed are those who are persecuted. These beatitudes, these eight sentences, provide an incredible framework for us to know how to live our lives. An incredible framework. If you want to inherit the earth, then be meek. If you wish to be filled or satisfied, then hunger and thirst for righteousness. If you wish to be shown mercy, then be merciful. If you want to see God, then be pure in heart. If you wish to be called a son of God, but then be a peacemaker. Christ lays it out, and he doesn't just stop with these. He, he lays out across two chapters in our book here. He lays out these incredible insights, 
and instruction and teaching for the people that are listening and for us now to read. Later on in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 48, it says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I was looking at the, the original text. Of the, I was looking at the Greek and studying it. And the word perfect in Greek, it's actually called teleos. And the word means to be brought to completion or to be brought to end, to be made correct. The word teleos is often used to describe the perfect will of God. In verse 48, it says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus is providing an instruction to the people, saying, Be perfect, be complete, be in my will, be brought to completion as I am perfect, as I am brought to completion, as I exist, I want you to exist too. When we look at the eight Beatitudes, Christ exemplifies all eight of these, right? We see throughout the New Testament, throughout the the four Gospels, that Jesus exemplifies and models these eight instructions to us. And we're told in Matthew 5.48 that we are to be perfect or to be complete just as God is complete. And so therefore we can assume that it is an instruction for us to live as Christ lived and to embody these things. I've got another question for you. What do you think was one of the most common sayings that Jesus spoke to people, like that's recorded of Jesus speaking to people, whether it be Pharisees, whether it be his disciples, whether it be uh, people that are around him. Throw it at me. What do you think is one of the most common statement that he repeated? Yeah, he who has ears, let him hear. It's so easy for us to be distracted and to fill our lives and experience satisfaction from things of the world. Good things. Like, it doesn't even have to be bad things. It can be good things of the world can fill our lives and distract us from Christ. Jesus so clearly in this passage communicates to the disciples, communicates to the people that are following. If you have ears to hear, then hear. Be perfect as I am perfect. Be complete as my Father in heaven is complete. How do we be complete? We, we, we have to live and we have to embody the same attributes that Christ embodied. I'm trying to start making a starter for sourdough bread. Over the past two and a half weeks now, I have been working with this little jar, quarter cup of flour and a quarter cup of water for about 14 to 16 days. Let me tell you, it is a laborious task that I have not yet nailed and I still don't have a sourdough starter. It's very, very annoying. Each and every day, I wake up and I come to feed my sourdough starter. I've got it in a jar and I've got some, a tea towel over the top of it and it's breathing and it smells kind of funky and it's starting to turn sour, but it's not getting there. And it's had mold on it like more times than I can count. And so I've had to throw it out and get it started again. There are so many little intricate things that you need to do 
to get a good starter going for sourdough bread. There are so many things. You need to rely on temperature. You need to have spring water. You need to make sure that you have a good flour that has like good natural yeast in it. You need to make sure that like the, there's no bad bacteria getting in. There was this one day I was spraying and wiping our bench and I sprayed the disinfectant over the tea towel. And so immediately the next day I woke up and it was covered in mold. But there are so many factors that go into this sourdough starter that for the life of me, I can't get to get bubbly and properly sour. It smells right now. Our kitchen smells like stinky cheese. Because in the first stage of the sourdough starter, it smells like cheese and then it eventually will turn into a sour bread smell. But yeah, for the life of me, I can't get it. And and I've been frustrated by the fact that I'm trying to get all these variables right. And I'm trying to control this environment to get this starter working because I really want to eat sourdough bread. And it just, it won't happen. And as I've been doing this, I've, you know, I, I always like to find like God things in the actions of life and the, the daily rhythms of life. But as I've been doing this, I've been saying, God, this is so frustrating. I'm so annoyed about the fact that like I can't control a quarter cup of flour and a quarter cup of water and it's moldy and it's not working. God, I'm frustrated. Like this is really, really annoying. And he's like, well, how do you think I feel with all of you? How do you think I feel with your life right now, Nath? And I was like, oh, dang it. You've got a good point there. You've got a good point there. You see, I think that as I've been thinking about the Sermon on the Mount for this week, the Sermon on the Mount is, is almost like the, all, all the different controlled variables that I'm working with with my starter. You know, I need to make sure that I have a, a good flower. And so blessed are the poor in spirit. I need to make sure that I have spring water. So blessed are those who mourn. Uh, I need to make sure that my jar is clean and it's free from soap residue. Blessed are the meek. You know, the, I think these, these eight beatitudes, these eight sentences, these statements, instructions from Christ are like, here's a blueprint for how to get a really good sourdough starter going. Here's a blueprint for how to get a really, really, really good life going with me. Here's how to be a disciple. Here's how to love me. Here's how to serve me. Here's how to impact people around you. You've got eight things. Work with these eight things. You know, and, and sometimes we get some of them right. Sometimes we don't get all of them right. I, I certainly am not always meek. I'm sometimes not merciful. I'm sometimes not a peacemaker. I'm a trouble causer. <laughs> you know, we don't always get them exactly right. But we who have ears to hear, let us hear this morning. We're called to be like Christ, to be complete like Christ is complete. We're called to live not just by bread alone, but by the word that comes out of God's mouth, by the word. We're called to live by the word. We're called to live these things out. We're called to nurture these things. We're called to cultivate these things. 
if we wish to be satisfied in Christ, if we wish to be satisfied by God and not by bread, we have to live these things out. In Matthew 6, in verse 22, you can flick there if you want to flick there, but you don't have to. Matthew 6, 22 says this, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The eye is a lamp of the body. And if your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. The eye is a lamp of the body. And if your eye is good, that word good, in some of your Bibles, it may actually be the word clear. And I think in some translations, it may even be the word right. But the word clear or the word good, the Greek word there being used is actually the word haplous. And basically, that word translates to singular. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Versus saying if you, the eye is the lamp of the body and if your eye has a singular focus, your whole body will be radiant of light. If your eye has a singular look, if your eye has a singular devotion or a singular focus, your whole body will be full of light. The word light there is fatinus. And it means to be radiant or bright or full of light. So if we have singular focus, if our eye has singular focus, then that means that we will be radiant or we will be full of light. So the eye is the lamp of the body. If our eye has singular focus, we will be full of light. I'm convinced that for us to be perfect as our Father is perfect or to be complete as our Father is complete, that we need singular focus on the Lord. We need singular focus on God's Word. We need singular focus on who He is. If we have singular focus, we will be radiant and full of light. We will be perfect as God is perfect. And we will not live on bread alone, but we will live on the word of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Singular thirst, singular devotion, singular hunger for God, and we will be filled. Some of your translations will use the word satisfied there in that spot. 
But blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. As we continue on this year, as we, you know, next month we're looking at covenant, which I'm really, 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 really excited for. As we continue this year and we talk about amazing things and we, we study and we learn and we do community together, I want to I challenge us this year to be a people that live with singular eye devotion Singular, single-focused devotion on God, on his word, on who he is. Because we're not called to live by bread alone. We're not called to live by the words of man alone. We're not called to live by the entertainment that we have, by the food that we eat. But we're called to be fed by the words that come out of the mouth of God. And so let's... Let's zone in. Let's have singular focus on God and experience the feeling, the satisfying in our souls from who he is. As we live out these instructions, as we live out this call, this command from Christ, single eye devotion, Singular devotion to Christ, to the words that come out of the mouth of God. If you just want to stretch out your hands, I actually just want to pray for us. Yeah, Father, we just, we come before you. Lord, we come before you and we recognize your mercy. Lord, we recognize the power of your love. God, we recognize the power of the cross. Lord, we recognize that you poured out your spirit upon all men, seeking to dwell in our hearts. God, I just pray that we would be a people that have singular focus on every word that comes out of your mouth. God, that we would have singular focus on your nature and your character. God, that we would be so acutely aware of the intricacies of who you are. God, would you enable us to be peacemakers? God, would you increase meekness in our lives? God, would you increase our hunger and our thirst for your righteousness? Father, would you purify our hearts? Lord, we ask that you would complete us, that you would make us perfect, 
that you would perfect us through the blood of Christ and through your written word. God, would you increase our wisdom? Lord, would you give us greater revelation of who you are? Father, give us the courage to have singular focus on you amidst the busyness, the distraction, the chaos. God, allow us, enable us, empower us to have singular focus on you and on who you are. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's not live by bread alone, guys. Let's live with devotion and extreme focus on on who God is. And we will experience satisfaction in our souls. Not by things of the world, but by God. Amen. Amen.